Shining the spotlight on the future of hockey. Hey, it's Ty Smith of the Spokane Chiefs. It's Adam Bocas. Hey, it's Joe Valeno from the Drummondville Voltageurs. Hey, it's Quinn Hughes from the University of Michigan. Hi, I'm Dominic Fox. I'm Jacob Bernard Docker of the Oak Hills Oilers. It's Joe O'Brien. Hi, it's Barrett Hayden of the Sioux Greyhounds. Brady Kachuk from the Boston University Terriers. Major Junior. In the 100th year of the Memorial Cup, the Ankeny Panthers T-Tall have won it for the first time. NCAA. Everybody in that Bulldog section's on their feet. The bench is ready to party as the UMD Bulldogs are back-to-back national champions. The World Juniors. Time winding down, and Finland has won the World Junior Championship in Vancouver in spectacular style. The NHL Draft. The Buffalo Sabres are proud to select Trollunda defenseman Rasmus Dahlin. And more. Oh, yes! Oh, my goodness. We're not going home yet, baby! This is the Pipeline Show. Here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Pipeline Show. It is the last one before the NHL draft, which uh, will be coming, well, this Friday. In fact, as I'm speaking with you now, it's a Thursday morning, so uh, just 24 hours away from the NHL draft in Vancouver. If you're uh, in the Edmonton listening area, or I guess you can uh, tune in online as well, uh, myself, Andrew Peard, and Alan Mitchell, a.k.a. Low Tide, will be hosting the TSN 1260 draft coverage uh, on the radio here in Edmonton. Uh, Jason Greger, Jason Strudwick, and uh, Dustin Nelson all in Vancouver for TSN 1260. So we'll have a full draft uh, coverage of around one. Uh, it does start, though, at 7 o'clock as the uh, Edmonton Eskimos, there's a pregame show for the Eskimos, uh, from 6 to 7 o'clock uh, Mountain Time. So uh, we get on at 7 o'clock, which will probably be just in time for uh, where the Oilers are picking, actually, at, at 8th overall. So we'll miss the first couple of picks, but we'll get you caught up and uh, carry you through the rest of round one. Uh, welcome to the program. If you're a new uh, listener just stopping by and checking out what the show is all about, then uh, welcome to the show. And if you're a returning listener, then uh, thank you for uh, coming back once again. We always start with the question of the day, which I put up on Twitter all of about two minutes ago. It is a poll question, a really simple question this week, just a yes or no, basically, in general. So not specific to this year, but if you were a general manager, would you be comfortable drafting a goaltender in the first round? Simple as that. The uh, Your two options are, of course, and of course not. Uh, and very early into the voting, 69% have uh, chosen, of course, not. Seems like there will be a goaltender taken in the first round this year. Doesn't happen very often. Was not a goaltender in the first round last year. Jake Ottinger was in 2017. Uh, and I don't think there was in 2016. Ilya Samsonov or Samsonov was in 2015. Um, so not every year by any stretch. And as I refresh the page, uh, up to 71% now saying, of course not. We'll see what happens on Friday. I think most people are expecting Spencer Knight. Uh, to be uh, chosen um, in the middle of the first round. I see a lot of the mock drafts have the Florida Panthers uh, being the team to take him. They are picking 13th. I get asked a lot why I don't do rankings, and um, I was actually going to write something about why I don't do rankings, but might as well just uh, use this opening segment to do that. Um, The reason I don't write rankings, I'm not a scout. I I know the players of the WHL obviously fairly well because uh, part of being part of the Edmonton Oil Kings uh, broadcast crew on TSN 1260 get to see the WHL guys a lot. Outside of that, 
I don't see the OHL players. I don't see the guys in the USHL or the Q or the Europeans. So what I do, because of the show, I talk to, I, listen, I obviously talk to a lot of the players themselves, uh, but I talk to coaches and scouts and, and GMs and, and media guys covering all of those players. But for me, that's not like seeing the players with my own eyes and making my own ranking would, in my opinion, dictate that I would do that. I would have to go and see those players. I don't do that. That's why I don't do, uh, that's why I don't make a list. I'm not a scout. I'm a guy who hosts a show about hockey prospects. I am not a scout. And to me, for for me to uh, make a list, uh, that would, I don't know, it wouldn't feel right. It would almost feel like I'm sort of suggesting that I can do the job of what scouts actually do. And I can't. Could I be a scout if, you know, if I was, if that was my job and I, that's all I did? Uh, well, I, I would like to think that I could, but I don't know that I could. So I have too much respect for actual scouts uh, to uh, create my own list. And there are lots of people who do their own lists, and I'm not trying to take a, a swipe at them, but uh, there's a reason that I don't. And uh, for me, that's that's the reason. Now, I've talked to a lot of players, draft-eligible players on the show this year, the 2019 Draft Spotlight. Uh, today's show will be the last of the 2019 Draft Spotlights, obviously, because the draft is tomorrow. You're going to hear from three guys uh, on the show uh, today. All of them happen to be goaltenders, but... You know, I was looking over the list of players that I have had on the show this year, and uh, unfortunately there are a few that I really wanted to get on that uh, was not able to, not for the lack of trying, uh, but uh, for, in some cases scheduling just didn't work out. Uh, other cases, maybe it was language, but you know, I, th- I had, must be about 75 players, something like that, on the show this year. And some of them, you go back to the Holinka Gretzky Cup, that's where the, the first ones would have been. Guys like, I think Max Chaikovich was the first player that I interviewed this year with the 2019 draft uh, in mind, and that was way back in uh, early August. And at the same time, I spoke with a lot of guys. Now, in that setting at the Holinka Gretzky Cup, you don't you don't get like 15 minutes like I do normally when I have a, a guy on the show. Um, so when I talk to Chaikovich, it might be seven or eight minutes. And you know, I had I talked to Victor Soderstrom there, and uh, Henry Nikkinen, Jacob Pelche, uh, Ryan Suzuki. Uh, Michael Vokoyevich, Clark Reese, uh, Dean Schweninger from uh, Switzerland. Um, so I had those guys all on very early uh, in the show this uh, this past summer. And because I talked to them once, I didn't want to cycle back and, and rehash that same conversation. So those particular guys, yeah, they were on. They were shorter segments, but uh, they were on the show. Outside of them, you know, you, you look back at all the, the interviews this year and and some of the ones that stood out, I was, I was thinking about compiling a top five or a top ten or something like that. If I did, uh, this is in no particular order. Uh, but some of the ones that stood out to me, I thought uh, conversation with uh, Mert Sider was uh, a really good one. Especially at the time I had him on, the buzz was just starting to grow for him. He was out with injury when I had him on the show. Like that conversation a lot. Uh, more recently, John Farinacci. I enjoyed that uh, conversation as well. Um, Carter Guylander, uh, the goaltender with the Sherwood Park Crusaders, uh, was really uh, still I don't think is on the the radar for a lot of people. Uh, but uh, what did he finish up twelfth overall uh, among North American goaltenders? Uh, I'll be shocked if he doesn't get drafted, and I, I bet he won't be the twelfth goaltender taken. I think he might be like the fifth or sixth goalie taken. Uh, I really like that conversation with uh, with him. Uh, some of the bigger name guys were obviously really good. Peyton Krebs was was fantastic, and 
Matt Sogard was really good to talk to as well. Matthew Boldy was one that stood out. Alex Vlasic, defenseman with the U.S. program, was uh, terrific. Uh, I also liked the chat I had with Adam Beckman of the uh, Spokane Chiefs. Uh, and a couple uh, other goaltenders who were really good this year. Um, Spencer Knight uh, was fantastic. Might have been probably top three, maybe you know, maybe uh, maybe the, the best interview this year. Um, that conversation with Spencer Knight was probably, what, about a month ago now. Uh, he was fantastic. And uh, one you're going to hear on the show today, actually, was really good. It'll be the last one uh, of the uh, of this season, and I'll tell you who that is in a second. But you can uh, hear all of those interviews at thepipelineshow.com or on the SoundCloud page. Uh, you can go to SoundCloud and just uh, search those up, uh, type in somebody's name. You want to you know, hear Spencer Knight, you type in Spencer Knight, and that'll come up. I may also uh, retweet. Uh, there's only one day before the draft. I might retweet them all. We'll, we'll see. Might be a lot. People might get mad. I'm clogging up their timelines. But some of those were uh, were really, really good. And those are a, f- a handful of the ones that uh, that stood out to me. Maybe you can let me know uh, which ones you thought were really good over the course of the year. Um, some of the guys that I was not able to get on that I, I really wanted to get on this year. Uh, three guys from the program. Jack Hughes, Trevor Zegris, and Cole Caulfield was not able to set those guys up. The problem this year was there were so many players for the program that uh, for the U.S. National Development Team I'm talking about, uh, it seemed like I was calling them every second week. And uh, th- they went through three different media people uh, this year early on. Uh, I-, I had success early on, and then in the middle of the season got seemed to get a lot harder. And at the end of the year, Pete Krupski was, was really good, but uh, I think the players were interview fatigued, so just was not able to to connect with those three guys. Um, in fact, this will, I think this will be, might be the first year in a long time we didn't have the the first overall pick on the show. In fact, we didn't get Capococco either. Um, so the first and second guy this year. So that I'm actually pretty disappointed about. Um, the issue with uh, Capococco, uh, what I've, from what I've been told, is that uh, it's the same agent that Patrick Laine had. And when Patrick Laine was in his draft year, uh, he was scheduled to do an interview with uh, a, a major North American TV market. I'm not going to say who it was, uh, but they had scheduled that interview for, you know, like 8 p.m. or something here, which is the middle of the night over there. Uh, and he waited and waited. He's wearing a suit and tie. And uh, they finally got around to that interview uh, like late. They were really late getting to him. So he was up till the middle of the three in the morning or something like that his time. By then, he's bagged. The interview didn't go very well, and he was getting a lot of flack uh, online about it. Uh, so I think the agent was like, yeah, you know what? We're not going to give you Capococco this year. Uh, so North American media was kind of not blackballed, but uh, they weren't going out of their way, put it that way. Also, I'm told uh, Capococco's English not that great, so probably would have been a, a bit of a challenge to get uh, Capococco on the, on the show anyway uh, because of that. Uh, that was the case with Lassie Thompson, who played in Kelowna this year. I actually uh, contacted the, the Rockets, and, and they told me his his English just not good enough to do a, uh, a radio interview. It was the same with Vlad Alistrov here in Edmonton with the Oil Kings. Uh, not a, not a uh, good enough uh, grasp of the language yet to be able to do an interview. Uh, some of the other guys I tried to get, Ryan Johnson, uh, the defenseman with uh, the Sioux Falls uh, Stampede, uh, I've been trying to get him for the last two months and just could not uh, connect. 
uh, Connor McMichael of the London Knights. If I had another month, I'd probably track down some of the more of the high school guys like Jackson Lacombe, uh, who we heard about last week on the uh, on the show here from the HockeyProspect.com guys. You know, I would have liked to have had Alexi Protus uh, on the show, but again, language uh, an issue there. And for some, it's just simply running out of time. Sasha Mutala, Reese Newkirk, both WHL guys. Uh, Tice Thompson, who played for the Providence Friars this year. Uh, Rhett Pitlick, another high school guy in the States. These were all guys I had on my to-get list, uh, but just basically ran out of time. Jake Lee, defenseman with uh, the Seattle Thunderbirds slash now the Kelowna Rockets. Uh, wanted to get him on as well and, and could not. Bryce Kindop from the Everett Silvertips. And there were some goaltenders who I was uh, running out of time uh, to get on the show as well. But, well, thankfully, that's who I got uh, to finish out the schedule here right before the draft. So uh, the final three 2019 draft spotlights as we get to what's coming down the pipe today. Three more 2019 draft spotlight segments uh, before we end the season's uh, schedule. I don't want to say end of the season because... Pipeline show doesn't, uh, well, we don't take uh, all that much time off. The end of season 14 is the end of July. So the draft is uh, tomorrow, but the show doesn't end. It goes uh, year-round. Season 14 will end in July at the end of July, and season 15 starts in August. Might take the first week of August off. Uh, family has a, uh, a camping trip. So outside of that, uh, the show does not take a break. But here's what's coming down the pipe today. Three goaltenders you're going to hear from, all three of them. I do expect to get drafted. Uh, the first guy you're going to hear from, well, he didn't get a numerical ranking at the end of the season, but he did get, uh, his name is there, Dominic Bassey, played for uh, South Kent School, the Selects program, the uh, Hockey Academy there. Six foot six netminder, 180 pounds. You're going to hear from him to start the show. Then we're going to go with uh, Trent Miner of the Vancouver Giants, who is uh, ranked a sixth by NHL Central Scouting. And uh, we will close things out today with the uh, number 14th ranked Henry Wilder. He played this past season for Hotchkiss School in Connecticut, and uh, it was one of the best interviews uh, of this uh, of season 14 uh, when it comes to the players that I had on the show this year. And uh, oddly enough, not just his first interview of this season, his first interview ever, he says, here on the Pipeline Show. But we will start things off uh, next with uh, goaltender Dominic Bassey. Get to know the big goaltender, Next, here on the Pipeline Show. Coach Dibbon could not resist leaving Newhook out there. Newhook will wind up out of his own zone. He went from Newfoundland to Victoria last year. Here he goes. Wide around the middle. Newhook shoots, scores! He does it again! Hi, it's Alex Newhook of the Victoria Grizzlies, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. There's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go and find a job. So we set out to create a business to fill those needs, one stick at a time. The store next door gift shop is a Yarmouth-based manufacturer and retail outlet store. So we make great ideas that any of our employees come up with, and we reuse and recycle as much as possible. Our most popular item is probably our hockey furniture. We take broken hockey sticks and turn them into different products. We go through a lot of hockey sticks. A lot. A whole lot. Considering that it's only been a year and we're shipping internationally, I think that that's been a huge success. Most people's reactions are, wow, you do this here. 
We don't accept can't here. Everyone here learns in different ways, but we want to give everybody every opportunity to find exactly what works for them. There's nothing better than when a customer buys something and then one of our employees say, I made that. They have meaningful lives and build things they can be proud of and get a paycheck for it. I'm Amy Acker and we change lives one job at a time. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Hey, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. We're back on The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming, and uh, time to turn on the 2019 draft spotlight once again. We're going to have uh, three more guys this week uh, before the NHL draft on Friday, and uh, all three of them happen to be goaltenders. Uh, I'm not sure how that worked out, but I'm going to be chatting with three goalies this week, and uh, my first guest, it comes to us from, well, actually, Dominic, you're going to have to tell me where you are right now because I know you're on holidays up in Canada. Dominic Bassey, who played uh, for South Kent this past season. Uh, welcome to the Pipeline Show. How are you? Doing good. Thank you very much for having me on here. Not, no problem whatsoever. Is this a busy time for you? I know, as I mentioned, you're on vacation, so just a, a brief period where you get to put your feet up and relax a bit? Yeah, I just have a, uh, I'm up in my cottage in Ontario. We're just kind of setting it up and, uh, yeah, just hanging out, some fishing. Relaxing for a little bit. Oh, I gotta ask. You're you live in the states, but you have a cottage in uh, in Ontario. How's that work out? Um, actually, my great grandfather uh, built a couple cottages up here on a lake, and uh, we've just kind of been renting them out ever since. And it's kind of been in the family, so we just come up here in the summer to relax. It's a nice place, good weather, yeah. nice place to be, and great fishing too. What are you catching? Uh, just mainly large and smallmouth bass, occasional pike. Nice. About it. Awesome. Well, let's talk some hockey. Uh, this past season uh, for you, how things go at uh, at South Kent? Um, they honestly went really well. I mean, obviously won the national championship, which is awesome. Um, I mean, because you're staying with each other in the dorms, uh, it's obviously you got a close knit team pretty quickly, so that's always good. And uh, it was kind of a pretty good season overall. Got a lot of wins. Um, we had some diversity, some injuries and stuff, but overcame that and had a really good season. Now, the sheet I'm looking at, well, the website I'm looking at is Elite Prospects, and so I, I'm sure that these are numbers are uh, at least close to correct, but you'll have to correct me if if they're wrong. I got 42 games, a 191 goals against, a 924 save percentage. That sound right? Yeah, that sounds pretty good. It does sound pretty good, and that uh, that tells me that you had a, a really strong season. Were you expecting numbers like that from yourself this year? Uh, and and I, I'm assuming you're pretty happy with the way that you played. Uh, yeah, I mean, in previous seasons, I've always gotten a ton of shots, so I'm kind of used to that. But I mean, I didn't get a, a whole load this this year. But yeah, I kind of do expect those numbers. That's kind of what I shoot for. Well, terrific. And you won the national championship, as, as you said. Uh, were expectations at the start of the year uh, that high for your club? Yes. Uh, the coaches, even though we had a new coaching change kind of at the start, uh, that was what we were always kind of shooting for pretty much the whole season, every practice, every game was just trying to get closer to that goal. Now, you turned 18 in April. Uh, are you done high school now? I am. Okay, yeah. interesting. Well, what we like to do in this part of the show, Dominic, is is – uh, let my audience kind of get to know somebody that's draft eligible like you are. Uh, and not everybody that's hearing this will know much about uh, you uh, and may not have heard of you. And in fact, I'll be honest, I didn't know much about you until a couple of weeks ago when your name was brought up to me. 
by some uh, scouts who are friends of mine. Um, so let's get to know you a bit better. Um, where are you from? Where'd you, where were you born? Uh, I was born in Alexandria, Virginia, uh, kind of right on the outside of D.C. Okay, hockey hotbed of uh, of uh, Virginia, uh, and I say that <laughs> tongue-in-cheek. I know there's certainly a growing fan base there with uh, the success of the Capitals the last number of years, but what brought you to hockey? How did you get into playing hockey? Um, ever since I was a little kid, uh, kind of the family took me to the Caps games when uh, Ole Kolnick was in that. Oh, yeah. So all I can, I don't really remember too much of it, but all they tell me is that I was just kind of sitting there. We had season tickets, so we'd go as much as possible and just kind of be sitting there just cheering on Ole. And then uh, my grandfather was obviously a huge fan, so we'd go out to the rink and just kind of skate around there. And every time we went, it was just became more and more fun. And then that just kind of led on to hockey because they had a club team there, and I just kind of had fun with it and kept going. So when did you first start, start playing in net? Um, man, maybe when I was like seven, maybe around there, I don't know, but they, we had no goalie hmm. and they were like, who wants to give it a try? I was like, sure, I'll try it out. Never done that before and had a shutout. So of course they wouldn't let me leave. So I was in there for pretty much the rest of the season. First game and you get a shutout. It's pretty, pretty lucky if you ask me that that's, I don't remember if that's what they tell me. Well, that's setting the bar of expectation pretty high right away, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, how'd your parents take to uh, the news you wanted to be a goalie? It's not the cheapest uh, position in the world to play. You know, they've just been so supportive ever ever since I kind of did that. You know, it, it isn't the cheapest position at all, so they've made a ton of sacrifices to make that happen. Uh, what's minor hockey like in uh, in Maryland? You know, it's growing. Um, I, I kind of jumped around from team to team pretty much every year. I was at a different team. I think Team Maryland was the first team I was at two years in a row. But yeah, it's getting better. I know they have the Black Bears down there, which is great. Getting some junior hockey going. But yeah, it, it's good. It's a good place to start. Well, and uh, the sheet I'm looking at again says six foot six uh, and about 185 pounds. Uh, are those numbers accurate? Yeah, that's, I'm throwing on some weight slowly, but you know, I don't want to be the, the biggest guy out there. Well, six foot six, you are probably the tallest guy out there in uh, most cases. Uh, now, have you always been that tall, or when you hit 14, did you suddenly put on two feet or what? Uh, yeah, I was pretty much a couple, couple inches every summer. It was pretty big growth spurts. This is kind of the first year I've been able to just stick with one height and get, get used to my body. Well, and that's got to be a challenge. Uh, as you you grow so rapidly and so quickly like that, that you you do change, and you must have noticed that on the ice that you could suddenly do things maybe you couldn't do, but the vice versa too. Maybe there's some challenges with that. Yeah, it, it's definitely. I mean, you can you can reach things a little better, but if you don't kind of keep the footwork going, you can you can kind of fall behind a little bit. So footwork is always something you're always trying to work on. Uh, what comes next for you uh, n- next season? Uh, again, Elite Prospects shows that Colorado College is your your uh, your destination of choice, but it says here. 2021 and 22. I mean, that's three seasons from now. I know Youngstown uh, has drafted you in the USHL. Is that where you're headed next? Yeah, so I'll be at Youngstown for a year, and then I'll go to Colorado. Hopefully, okay. That's the plan. I know a lot of guys right now in their in their draft year would have played in the in the USHL this past season. There are a number of, of guys who stayed in high school as well. Was that an easy choice for you? Uh, to go, to like go to prep school? Yeah, instead of going to the USHL this past year. Um. Yeah, I think, I mean, it definitely was kind of a hard decision trying to pick the prep school, trying to see if junior route was the option, like going to the Null. I pretty much explored all the options, but I mean, 
moving away from home was a little difficult, but I mean, prep school was kind of made it a little easier transition still because I wanted to finish finish out high school not doing it online. So that kind of right. narrowed it down to prep schools, and then South Kent was kind of the place to go. Well, that makes sense to me. Uh, now, the Youngstown Phantoms, I guess geographically, would be one of the closest uh, USHL teams to to where you are. Is that part of the reason it's a, a nice fit for you? Yes, it is. Uh, when the draft came around, I was really happy to see that that was the team that happened to pick me up the way that my parents could make it out to some games. Yeah. Instead of farther out, there's no chance they'd be able to fly out there very often. Uh, close-knit family? You got brothers and sisters? I'm an only child. Only child. Yes. Now, there's no note here on the website uh, whether you've been uh, picked up by, uh, uh, I guess Maryland would be an OHL team, an Ontario Hockey League team. Does anybody in the Canadian Hockey League uh, hold your playing rights, and is that an option for you? Uh, no, no, no team, no one in the O has drafted me, so that's that never happened, and it's never really not an option. Looking forward to going to college. All right, uh, and it's yeah. been college the whole way for you. Yes, pretty much. Education has always kind of been equivalent. It's always it's good to have a backup plan, and you know, have have something after hockey. Yeah, to be able to do. That's a smart way of thinking of it. Uh, Dominic Bassey, yeah. by the way, is uh, my guest. He uh, played for uh, South Kent this past uh, season uh, and is uh, headed to Youngstown uh, of the USHL uh, this coming year. Now, why got Colorado College uh, the the right school for you? Um, I looked at a couple colleges, but it's just such a great such a great place where it's located. They have they're building a brand new rink. Uh, they just have great coach coaching staff. Uh, I mean, the guys there when I went to visit, they were just awesome. It just kind of felt like the place to be. Did you have a number of uh, colleges uh, come calling for your services, or was that like the first yeah. one? I know I have talked to a lot of players who say, well, that's the first team that expressed an interest in me, so kind of felt some loyalty there. What about for you? Um, yeah, there was a couple of places I visited. Um, they they were actually the first place I did visit, but I asked I went to some other places. I mean, I wasn't looking for a super huge school like Ohio State or anything, but right. – Nothing too, too tiny. It is kind of small, but it's just kind of, it's nice because they only have a couple D1 programs. So okay. kind of all their funds going to hockey. Right, that's right. Uh, I'll play for the Tigers. Now, again, is that going to be like uh, two, three years from now? You're going to spend a couple of years in the USHL or, or do you know that yet? Um, the plan is just one year in the, in the USHL and then off to college. Okay, very good. Yep. Uh, now, uh, I, I was going to ask favorite team growing up, but I guess you, you mentioned the, the, the Capitals and old Colts. Did you ever get a chance to meet them? I didn't. I have a signed stick, but that's about it. I, I wish I could have. Well, it, it, I was cheering for them. And it's funny how it works out that you're a tall goaltender, and so is he. So you, you see some similarities now. Yeah, I mean, I, I, they, I really don't remember too much going there. I'm just going off. What my parents have always told me, but I mean, I, I see an occasional picture. I mean, at the games, it's just, just like a seed that was just planted. Now, Dom, uh, how much has the NHL draft been on your mind this year? Um, it, yeah, it, it has definitely been one of the things that I work towards. Uh, obviously, you're you're looking for kind of staying in the here and now, playing every game, and then going towards the national championships. But yeah, it, it is something that I have thought about and it'd be a great thing when the rankings come out are you a guy that goes to see uh who's got you ranked and where they have you pegged um no most of the times i have just a friend tell me what's going on but i mean i i think a lot of people get kind of caught up in that stuff but i mean it is i'm, I'm sure some of it is like 
some of it is accurate, but also that they're not there for pretty much every game. So just kind of going off. Well, and and Ooh. also because of where you were playing, it wasn't necessarily as high profile as if you were in the USHL or or playing in the OHL. So um, for some people, it might be a bit more of a challenge to to actually get to know who you are too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're not we're not in the like you said in those big leagues where everyone's watching. But I mean, you have hockey TV, so people are occasionally able to tune in. But other than that, unless you want to come out to South Kent, Connecticut. Not really going to see too many, yeah, many games. Uh, now you were not at the NHL Combine, um, so for for people who are getting a chance to hear you right now, is there something you want people to know about you? Like, if I don't know if you've had teams call you, I know it doesn't always happen at the Combine, but have you had contact with NHL teams? Uh, yeah, I have had some contact, um, just some interviews, just some great some great coaching staffs out there. But I mean, there's also just a ton of awesome players out there. So whatever happens, I'd just be more than honored to play anywhere. Awesome. Well, listen, uh, Dominic, I really appreciate your time today. Whatever happens at the draft, uh, good luck with that. And maybe we'll talk to you next year when you're in Youngstown. Perfect. Thank you so much for the call. That's my first, that's first kind of like questions. Seriously? I didn't know what to expect question-wise, yeah. You haven't done any interviews this year? Like, yeah, I've done interviews. It's not on like the phone by like a podcast or anything. All right. Thanks, Dom. Good luck, man. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. Big Dominic Bassey, who will eventually play at Colorado College, got on my radar uh, just at the end of the year here because the uh, guys at HockeyProspect.com, um, and we chatted a bit about him with about him last week with uh, Dustin Braxma in that segment uh, on last week's show because they only ranked six goaltenders, like gave numerical uh, ranking to six goalies, you know, Spencer Knight at one, then Sogard at two, and so on. But only six guys, six goaltenders in the entire class of 2019 had got a numerical ranking from HockeyProspect.com, and Dominic Bassey was one of them, coming in as the number six goaltender. Uh, so a guy I definitely wanted to get uh, on the show and and learn a bit more about, and uh, I really enjoyed that conversation. And what's not to like about a six foot six goaltender? Uh, so it's, and at the level that he was at this year, they had a lot of success, as you heard, and uh, his numbers. Really, really impressive as well. So uh, lots to like there about Dominic Bassey. Also lots to like about the next goaltender you're going to hear from today. His name is Trent Miner. Helped uh, take the uh, Vancouver Giants and set them up deep in the regular season. Played a little bit in the playoffs as the number two guy uh, with the uh, Giants in their platoon system. But you get to know him a lot better next here on the Pipeline Show. I'm Trey Fixulansky of the Edmonton Oil Kings. At his own blue line. Now Fitzwilliamsy cutting in right circle. Dances around his man to his backhand. Forehand. He scores! Oh my goodness. Trey Fitzwilliamsy. What a move. What a shot. What a goal. Oh mama. And this is the Pipeline Show. These Spruce Grove Saints are excited to unveil their first ever hockey school. Taking place August 19th to 23rd right here at the Grant Fear Arena. Brought to you by Subway and Humpty's Restaurants of Spruce Grove. 
This one-week hockey school includes over 10 hours of on- and off-ice instruction from Saints coaching staff and current Saints players. Each camp participant will receive a camp jersey and a t-shirt to keep and have one on-ice and one off-ice session per day. Each day will have a specific focus to enhance the skating, shooting, and puck handling skills of each player. Both boys and girls of all levels of all experience are encouraged to come out and take part. To cap off the week, each group will have a Subway sub party with the Saints coaches up in the lounge. Visit www.sprucegrovesaints.ca to sign up for the Hockey School now. Click on the Hockey School tab on the right side of the page. You're listening to the Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. Well, the freaking God! We're back on the Pipeline Show, continuing on with the uh, the last of the 2019 draft spotlight segments before uh, this Friday and Saturday's uh, NHL entry draft. Uh, another goaltender uh, coming up, and he's from the WHL, which means it's an in the dub segment brought to you by DubNetwork.ca. Stay up to date on everything happening around the Western Hockey League uh, by checking out Dub Network. Dot .ca and my guest today goaltender with the Vancouver Giants uh, that's uh, Trent Miner uh, welcome to the pipeline show Trent how are you I'm pretty good thanks for having me uh, not a problem at all I remember this time last year I had your uh, your partner and David Teddeck uh, right before the draft as well and things worked out pretty well for him uh so maybe uh, similar for you with the draft coming up on Friday are you getting excited about the draft and a lot I haven't thought too much about it. I mean when you think about it I get so excited but I haven't been stressing about it too much. I've been pretty pretty busily occupied with everything else so far. Well, and that's where I was going to go next is just what are you doing right now? I mean, the draft is on Friday, but the the, the Giants played well into uh, into May this year because you got to the WHL final. Since then, have you had a little bit of downtime? You've been able to, to rest and recuperate? Or like some guys, do you get right back into the gym and start preparing for next year? Well, no, in all honesty, I was home for by the time I drove home from Vancouver. I was home for a week and then. Went to Buffalo for the uh, Columbine for the week, mm-hmm. and then came back. Was home for three days, and then went to Calgary for the boy uh, development camp, and then I've been home for a week, and then I'm heading out again. So really, not not a whole lot of rest. You haven't been able to you know, put your feet up and and take some time off. Does that come after the draft, or are you going to be uh, just right back into the gym again then? I'm pretty sure I'll be right back into it because <laughs> as soon as I got home, I wrote my uh, my exams and. When I was in the gym, or rather in school, so just uh, I like to keep busy. Wow. Uh, all right. Like usually, we, when I talk to players, I ask about the most current events, and for the Giants, that would have been the playoffs. But as you mentioned, you've been busy, so maybe the, let's talk about the Hockey Canada goalie camp uh, this past summer. What was that experience like for you? It, it was pretty awesome because there was there was the goalies that I've read about, heard about, and you hear about. And we hear about Taylor Gauthier being so great. And it's just nice to see why why everyone says that, and I can agree with them now. Is that I, I see why what everyone likes about him so much. How many goalies were there? Um, I think there was 26 in total. Well, that's a lot of goaltenders. Yeah, there was uh, five, uh, it was 501s, 500s, 402s, and then 12 03s. Um, okay, so they mix up the age groups uh, a lot like that, and lots of goalie coaches there, obviously. Uh, pretty good camp, though? Yeah, no, it was a great experience. Definitely some stuff I haven't worked on before and it was great to learn it and just add it to my repertoire excellent right before that was the nhl combine uh, and how about that experience uh, i know I, i've talked to a lot of players on this show and 
some guys uh, were more nervous about the interviews than they were about the workouts. Uh, but yeah, that's got to be either both of those have to be a little intimidating, don't they? I mean, you could walk into a hotel room and some uh, NHR Hockey Hall of Fame guys uh, across the table or NHL GMs, and all these guys you see on TV, or the physical testing with uh, all the cameras in your face. So w- which was tougher for you? It's hard to say. Like, I, I know for my first meeting I had, I went in there and I, I know just going into it, I was a little nervous just because you don't, you don't know what to expect. It. But once I got the first one out of the way, they all seemed pretty good. Mm. Uh, the, the testing was the test. You know, I mean, I had, a, I, I had a week to prepare for it, so it was kind of give it all you got because you haven't had much to prepare for it. So I wouldn't say I was too nervous going into the week. I just, I just wanted to do good and. I think I was pretty happy with my results. Trent, how many uh, actual interviews did you uh, end up having? I think I had uh, about a dozen. Well, that's a good number. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's pretty good amount. Uh, does any one uh, stand out for you uh, for for good or bad reason? Um, not really. Yet. Like I haven't just looking back at it. None of them were like blew out in my mind where I was crying, scratching at the door trying to get out. <laughs> I think they were all. They're all pretty good for the most part. All right, good. Uh, Trent Miner is my guest, plays for the Vancouver Giants in the Western Hockey League. Uh, let's look back at the season, uh, Trent, and uh, obviously a pretty good one uh, for you and for the Giants. Uh, your regular season, really strong for the team, uh, ended up winning the uh, BC division. You get all the way to the WHL final, lose in overtime in Game 7 of the final. That's got to be a heartbreak. But at the same time, to see the team come back from a 3-1 deficit, I mean, that was a pretty impressive uh, comeback in that series. It just fell a goal short. Yeah. Well, especially being down 3-1, it was kind of like there was a lot of people thinking, oh, that series is over. We can start packing our bags, going, getting ready for the Raiders to go to Halifax. But for us to come back in that, in that way we did and lose by one shot, it says a lot about who, how tight of a team we were this year. Trent, tell me about your season uh, and your, your regular season numbers. Of both you and David, uh, your, your partner in Vancouver, David Tendek, uh, I mean, you were top five in goaltender stats uh, for most of the season, uh, and you ended up uh, having a 198 goals against average, a 924 save percentage, 24 wins in 32 games. I can't imagine that uh, things could have gone a whole lot better for you this year. No, I was really happy with everything. Not just obviously like the, the stats are are just t- telling you, but I think personally, like I know I took big steps in my in my game, not just on the ice too, but just like the mental side of things and just understanding why why things are done a certain way and just being more professional as well. Why do you think that is? Just because it was year two in the league for you and you'd kind of been through it once? I think a lot of it has to be being partnered with Dave. Like Dave was Dave was like a big brother to me. He was at, at one point he was picking on me <laughs> and I was picking on him and then at the same point we were helping each other and fighting for each other. Like there was there was no point in the year that I was thinking I need to take during that game so I can start. It was I need to help help you and then you'll help me because we knew that to where we got it wouldn't have just been Dave having an outstanding year or me having an outstanding year we knew it was going to be the both of us together I'm always interested to hear about that relationship between goaltenders because you're both fighting for the starting position you both want to be starters he's got a year experience on you but basically I mean he played 38 games you played 32 or at least got into those number of games you basically Mm -hmm. split the season um, but no, there's, I mean, uh, friendly competition, but competition nonetheless. Is that, uh, it kind of pushes both of you to be better. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, like I said, just like an older brother. Yeah, he, uh, he'd be on me and 
Trent Miner of the Vancouver Giants, uh, my guest here on the Pipeline Show. Uh, Trent, what we like to do in this part of the show is let my audience get to know somebody that's in your position, being that you are a draft-eligible player this year. And uh, My audience is across North America, so there'll be people in the States or out East that don't follow the dub at all and won't know who Trent Miner is. So for those people, let's get a bit of background. Where are you from? I'm uh, originally from Surf, Manitoba, town of... Uh, 2,000 people, and then I moved to Brennan, which is a population of uh, 50,000 people. All right. And uh, have you always been a goaltender? Do you remember how old you were when you first started playing in net? I think I started playing in net when I was in Timbits, but I know growing up in a small town, there was never enough players on the team to have uh, two goalies. Right. So I I played forward defense, and wherever else they needed to throw me in for uh, until my Bantam draft, which would have been... What was that four years ago now? So it wasn't until four years ago where you were playing goaltender full time, like all the time. Yeah. Holy cow! That yep. is that you don't hear that very often. Is that serious? <laughs> uh, like, what attracted you to the position in the first place, and 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 uh, and kept you there? Well, in all honesty, I think it started with when we grew up with the other brothers that we played a lot of road hockey, and then when it was uh, really cold that no one else wanted to go on that. So I think <laughs> I think we could tr- figure out who. Uh, just by age, you ended up playing goalie, and then, uh, and then I just fell in love with it from there. Yeah, nobody likes to play goal in road hockey because um, you get those orange rubber balls or whatever they are that you guys use, and uh, they get a little cold and hard uh, in the winter, and uh, maybe you get some rocks uh, beating shot at you as well. And road hockey goaltender is not a lot of fun, is it? Well, and I know for us, we would play from four o'clock when we got home from school until nine o'clock when my mom told us to go to bed, and. There- there, there was a couple of incidents, but, but we all forgot about those. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, all right, let's go uh, take me to the Bantam draft and what that experience was like for you. I, I know I, when I talk to players, a lot of the guys get to stay home from school and, and uh, follow it along that way. Other guys are in school with their phones and, and trying to uh, see where they get taken. Uh, now, you didn't have to wait all that long, 20th overall in 2016 by the Giants, uh, uh, end of the first round. Um, what was draft day like for you? Yeah, for me, I stayed home. I uh, I wasn't I wasn't too sure what was gonna happen, and I remember just sitting there watching it. We had hooked up to the TV, and I was watching with my mom. And when the Giants called us, we looked at each other, and we we're just kind of su- like surprised in a good way. We we're just like, "Well, that was that's it. That's what we were waiting for." And it was it was it was worth the excitement that we had at the time. Well, I imagine it was. Now, Vancouver, you couldn't play that much further away from home. Uh, you know, maybe Portland or Prince George or something, but it's a long way uh, from. Uh, Manitoba to uh, Vancouver. What was your initial feeling about that? Having knowing you'd be leaving uh, home and going that far. In all honesty, I wasn't I wasn't too upset about it. I knew that either way, wherever I went, besides Brian, there was going to be travel for my family to come see me. I mean, it, it sucks being far away that you can't see your family as much. But I also like living in a different culture and just seeing what it's like to live in the big city like that. Yeah, I, and I've talked to some players who uh, maybe come from Calgary or Edmonton or Vancouver, some of the big cities, and go to Swift Current or Brandon or you know Prince Albert or something like that, and they talk about a culture shock. Does it happen the other way too when you go from small town to the big city? Yeah, I would say there's 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 certain amounts of it. Um, I would say just the way... Just like going into a school, you you even do this anywhere in, in search. You go to school, and there would be pickup trucks and 
beaters in that park and not we don't see that too much in vancouver <laughs> i don't imagine no no trent miner is my guest here on the pipeline show in the 2019 draft spotlight segment tell me how you've sort of evolved as a goaltender over the last couple of years trent what's the where where in your performance or in your style of play in your development what's changed the most i'd probably have to say being more patient and uh maturity about it trusting myself more that waiting to see where the shot's going instead of just dropping down and reaching. I'm able to, like this year, I was able to make some stand-up saves, which you don't see a lot, but one that stands out was against Prince Albert. I saw one guy coming down the wall and shooting it, and it was a one-on-one play, and I just remember just standing and being able to catch it. And it was just something like that just took that to me that I'm able, I've been able to mature and just not make a, get pressured into making a move before I understand what's happening. Now, I know, uh, for goaltenders, a lot of guys, they get really personal with their, uh, their, the paint job on their mask and, and maybe their number, uh, something like that. Now, you wear 31. We kind of chatted about that before we started. Nothing really special about number 31. What about your mask? You got a special paint job on there that, that means something? Yeah, I think I, uh, I kind of just went a little, uh, old school style. I threw, uh, I threw, uh, road, ho- like, uh, ice hockey on the one side up in the middle just to kind of, the simple classy look, and then on the other side, I uh, I put in a touch of Vancouver. I put in the um, golden uh, golden uh, ears bridge, and then and then the rest was kind of just uh, simplified around the city of Vancouver on the back. I put a uh, Chinook, and then uh, the logo on the top. Okay, now nothing again, nothing special about thirty one for you, but uh, you were telling me you did something else. Uh, the number fifty eight. Uh, what was that for again? That's for my uh, summer league team. Yeah, we uh, get to pick, pick our numbers and that's the most random one I can find. Now, when you're playing summer league, are you are you still playing in net? Or are you? Uh, I know some guys. Maybe it's ball hockey or something. But the goalies, uh, when they're playing goalie in the winter, they don't want to play in the same position uh, in the summer. What about for you? Well, I think uh, I think quitting playing out when four years ago kind of dropped me off for the level I'm playing at now. <laughs> To play out with those guys from something in that. I can't. I still can't get over that you've only been playing full time net for for four years. That uh, that is unusual for sure. Do you, I mean, at, to some degree, do you think you're still just kind of scratching the surface of what you can do? Then I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. That. I think playing out definitely helped me a lot in, in my career. Just understanding like what guys are looking for, and just like growing up in a small town with a small team, I got lots of ice time. So I think I was able to. Just look at what's going on around me. I'm not just stuck in the paint. Hmm. So I think that would probably, I, I think playing out helped me a lot, so with my skating as well. Oh, that's a good point. Uh, Trent, let's wrap up with the, the NHL draft. Has it been something that you've uh, thought much about over the course of the season? I don't honestly, I tried not to because I find that the more you think about something, the more you try chasing it. And just like anything else that you chase, it runs away. So I think I just tried to, just try to do my own thing and, and it's a, it's the draft is an outcome of how you play in the season. You can't get drafted if you don't play well. So I think I just tried to focus on my year and just handle that. Well, you know that the scouts have been in the building watching the Giants all year. Obviously, Bowen Byram has attracted a lot of uh, eyes and, uh, the, the guys in the stands with the, the black coats and the, and the notepads all the time. Um, so they've been able to watch uh, both of you play over the course of the year. I should ask you, from your perspective, you get to practice with them and, and, and against them in practice all the time. What makes Bowen uh, special? I probably have to say how enthusiastic and open he is. Like he, he's always out there trying to get better and he's just having lots of fun too at the same point. There's, there's sometimes where he's a goalie's worst nightmare because he's 
shooting pucks at you from the corner, but at the same time, you know, he's just, you know, he's just trying to joke around and have a good time. So I think he's a great leader and everyone can uh, build off him. Uh, lastly, uh, growing up in Manitoba, I mean, were the Jets your team growing up or, or did you have uh, a connection to, to another team that uh, was your favorite as a kid? No, no, actually, the uh, Oilers were my favorite team growing up. I'm sorry, who was it? The Oilers? Yeah, the Oilers were. Well, I have to ask. I mean, I'm into Edmonton. Um, they're not my team, but the Oilers have been terrible more often than not for the last 15 years. What's the attraction to the Oilers? Well, I remember I just I loved watching the Emski, Cogliano, Wainwright, that those eras, and then when uh, Dubnik showed up there, I kind of I always loved watching Dubnik, even though he struggled. I always enjoyed watching him, and then I kind of just I went to Rexall for a game uh, against the Kings before Christmas and. I just fell in love with it all. Nice. So when the uh, Giants come through Edmonton, do you ha- kind of have that game circled on your calendar a bit? Well, I mean, you get you get to play in Rogers Arena, so I'm pretty sure if you cheer for the Red, for the Flames, I think anyone playing <laughs> in Rogers Arena gets pretty excited. Yeah. Uh, well, Trent, listen, I really appreciate you making time for the Pipeline Show today. Uh, best luck at the draft, whatever happens there, and uh, we'll see you when the uh, Oil Kings and the Giants get together next year. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. That was Trent Miner of the Vancouver Giants. Had a really impressive season. Uh, and yes, th- there was a good team in front of them. And I know there will, you always have to take that into consideration. It, it, it's fair to do that. But at the same time, you have to give credit to the goaltenders. The team is really successful. It's really good because the goaltenders are also good. They're not just riding on the coattails of a team in front of them. Uh, the Giants had two good ones, David Tendek and, uh, and Trent Miner, much like you know, the Everett Silvertips in years past, last year, Carter Hart and Dustin Wolf. You see Dustin Wolf continuing to have that sort of uh, success this year. It's because he's a good goaltender. So I think you have to uh, give credit to uh, to Miner and to Tendek uh, that they're not just riding on the coattails uh, of what is a, a pretty decent team in front of them. All right, one more goaltender to get to. It is the final 2019 draft spotlight segment of a Season 14 here on the Pipeline Show, and it is another goaltender. His name is Henry Wilder, and I think you're really going to like this conversation. He says it's the first interview he's ever done. Lucky to have it on the Pipeline Show. That's next, after this. Hi, it's Colton Point of the Carlton Place Canadians. Hey, it's Matthew Barnaby of the Pembroke Lumber Kings. Hello, it's Matthew Seaton here from the Sandback Pistons. Hey, it's Nick Campoli from the North York Rangers. Giant Iconic here. I'm Dante Fabro of the Penticton Bees. Hi, this is Dennis Chilofsky, playing for the Chilliwack Chiefs. Hey, it's Kale McCarr of the Brooks Bandits. I'm Jacob Bernard Docker of the Oak Oaks Oilers. Nicholas Jones of the Sherwood Park Crusaders. This is Cody Kunick, formerly played for the Sherwood Park Crusaders. Kevin Kahn, former Spruce Grove Saint. I'm Brandon Hickey, former member of the Spruce Grove Saints. This is David Glenn of the Spruce Grove Saints. Hi, this is Ian Mitchell of the Spruce Grove Saints, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. NHLers Kyle Turris wow, and Duncan Keith Goal! and future NHLers Tyson Jost and Dante Fabro all took the campus route. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world. 
You're listening to the Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody. Back on the Pipeline Show, it is the uh, final 2019 draft spotlight segment of this season. The NHL draft on Friday. You've heard a couple of goaltenders already on this week's episode, and we're ending it with another goaltender as well. Last guy we're chatting with uh, before the NHL draft. His name is Henry Wilder. Uh, Henry, welcome to the Pipeline Show. How are you? Hi, Guy. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, hanging out here in Massachusetts, getting ready for the weekend. So pretty excited about it. Haven't thought about it too much, but a lot of promise there and uh, looking forward to it. So, Well, I appreciate you making the time for me uh, today. And uh, I, what's what's the uh, the last month or so been like for you? When did you when did your team at Hotchkiss uh, and when did you finally uh, hang up the skates for this summer? Yeah, so we actually finished our season in February, uh, late wow. February, but um, since we're playing prep school and, uh, it, we go by season. So we start in November, it goes to February. And, um, from September to November, we play split season hockey around here. So we play for club teams. So my team, uh, is made up of a bunch of other prep school kids and, uh, we made it to USA Hockey National. So, uh, my season's extended by about two months because of that. And we play, we are in Grand Rapids for the first week of April. Uh, competing so that that's pretty much when the season came to an end and, and now we're just kind of in the gym and doing some goalie training getting ready for the rest of the summer and next season so nice well bu- sounds like it's been a busy year for you then that's good though how the how in your estimation how'd the year go for you i uh, went well our, our record was 11 11 too we uh unfortunately we dropped the last five games uh in overtime i think so that was a little unfortunate because if we just Pulled away with one or two of those, we would have been in a playoff spot. So, uh, that was difficult. But in terms of what this team this season has done for the school, I think it's, uh, we made big strides for the school. The school's been, uh, hockey as of late hasn't been the strongest, um, as it's been in the past, but, um, it seems like our group, our senior class and the groups that we have that are rising up, um, Seem to be bringing the program in the right direction, which is which is important, and uh, it's been cool to be a part of. So I think, in that sense, it was a success, and uh, we're really looking forward to next year. Well, and it sounds like you're going. You've already decided you're going back to play at Hotchkiss again next year. I know you had an, at least one other option to go play in the USHL. I think it was Des Moines that's drafted you. It's not a not a consideration for you. Uh, definitely consideration. Um, my my mom went to Hotchkiss and uh my sister also went there some family connections and I'm kind of big on I I want to finish what I started there but I uh I just got back from Des Moines actually Monday morning pretty early three in the morning in Boston so um their main camp was a great time I met some some great kids out there it's great competition uh transition game out there is really fast and it was really important for me to uh experience what Des Moines was like and I I actually haven't talked to them yet but um, you know, I'm hoping I can be on the affiliate list there and take a couple of trips out there during the prep season to practice and maybe get a game in or two. So, um, that's the plan there. And, uh, yeah, as of now, going back to Hotchkiss to finish out. So, yeah, when you were describing the season at Hotchkiss being from November to February, that seems like it would give you the opportunity to play a little bit in the USHL before and after, uh, the, the Hotchkiss season. Is that, do I understand that correctly? Yes. Yeah, so- that's exactly correct. Uh, I think that's something I have to talk to uh, their coaching staff and uh, obviously their management with. And um, I haven't 
talk to them about that yet, but that's kind of my hopes and goals for that. Um, it's a great organization. It's super historic out there. I'd never been out to the Midwest. So uh, I think it was really good for me to experience that part of the country and also experience that hockey. But it's it's definitely something that I want to do before and after the season because it's comparable to college hockey. And if BC says I'm going right in there, I think um, it's important for me to uh, experience the high-level hockey before I get there. And Not that prep school isn't high-level, but yep. uh, USHL is fast. And I think a lot of people understand the pull to the USHL and how – it's the best junior league in the United States, so um, it's important for me to experience those things. Yep, no, that makes sense. It's definitely a step up from uh, from playing uh, prep school. It would be a nice uh, stepping stone before you get to, to college. You also have another option. I should ask you about the, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. The Drummondville Voltageur uh, drafted you in uh, 2017. Obviously, you chose not to go that direction. Uh, was it ever a consideration for you, though? We thought about it a little bit, not not seriously. I I really wanted to go up to their camp just to check it out, and I never got up there, which is unfortunate. And uh, I actually talked to their goalie coach a little bit this spring about going up there a little bit, and I still haven't made it up. But um, they had uh, Olivier Rodrigue, the uh, I think he's second round pick of the Oilers up there. So I knew if, if I really wanted to go up there, I wouldn't get a ton of games. And uh, he's a great goalie, and I I one of the polls was to you know experience uh him being a net and and learn from him and uh but really i i really want to play college hockey and stay in the states and um so that was there was some consideration but not nothing too serious okay uh, well we'll talk about your college uh, of choice in a little bit henry wilder is my guest i played hockey this past season for hotchkiss and we'll be there again uh, next year, uh, netminder with uh, with Hotchkiss and Henry. What like what we like to do in this part of the show is let my audience kind of get to know somebody that's draft eligible, like you are. And not everybody that's hearing this will, uh, well, as you said, might not know Hotchkiss at all, let alone who Henry Wilder is. So let's get a bit of background and get to know you a little bit more. Uh, where are you from? So I grew up in Needham, Massachusetts. It's about uh, ten miles west of Boston. Um, grew up playing youth hockey for the junior eagles for eight years that was up until my u14 year um i went to saint sebastian school some people may have heard of that school it's a uh, all-boys catholic school and in my town actually a pretty good prep school hockey sent some pretty good guys to the nhl like uh brian boyle rick dpho went there too noah hannafin as of late and um i went there for my seventh and eighth grade years i repeated my seventh grade year there actually and then uh i decided i wanted a boarding school experience. So uh, we looked to the Founders League, which is mostly Connecticut-based teams. And uh, my mom was uh Hotchkiss, which is uh, it's in the northwest corner of Connecticut. So uh, we're actually cross-town rivals with Salisbury School, who sent some great kids to uh, NHL, too. And um, that was kind of my choice. Uh, I, I applied to Hotchkiss and a couple other schools. And I got into Hotchkiss and that was kind of it. And, uh, I enrolled there my ninth grade year. Ninth grade year was a little bit tough. Uh, I didn't play too much. We had four goalies on the team, but, um, I, I did play split season then with Yale U18. So, uh, we played that from September to November and, uh, we qualified for USA Hockey Nationals and, um, we took a trip out to Arizona in April and, uh, we won it there, which was really fun. We won U15. So. Mm. Um, that was the first year U15 was a thing in the, in the States. And then, um, 
the next year, my sophomore year, we kind of cleared house on the goalie side. So it was just me. Wow. Um, so I got, I got to play all 25 games, which is great. And, uh, I also played split season. We didn't get to go to nationals, unfortunately, but I got to see a ton of action. I saw, I think I saw top five most shots in the league in all of prep school, which is, I saw upwards of, I think it was 800 shots in 25 games. So I got pretty shelled that year, but it was great for my development and, uh, I wouldn't want it any other way. And then this past season, kind of a whirlwind. I would have never thought, uh, in January, I would have been on central scouting. I had no clue. Um, I was just kind of looking to play, looking for a spot to play college hockey, but obviously now we're at this point. Um, yeah, it was a great year. I played, I got, like 20 games this year we we brought in a new kid a sophomore cam smith from connecticut too so he he logged some minutes um good to give me a rest i really enjoyed this year i think we had a we had a really tight-knit group and um as a senior next year i'm just trying to continue that and uh have a great year and kind of put hotchkiss back on the map again make it intriguing for kids um but yeah i'm just looking forward now Henry, uh, take me back to when you were a kid and, and uh, when you first started playing in net. How old were you? Ah, uh, well, um, so I actually started playing at St. Sebastian's uh, as a kid. We did, That's where the town does their in-house league, okay. which is like cross-ice. They split, split into three zones, and uh, we'd rotate the goalies. So um, I think a couple weeks, I just got the goalie pads. I, I was assigned to be goalie, and... That's how it really started. It's probably around, probably started around skating around four and then playing goalie around six or seven. And uh, I never really found my way out of the net after that. And um, yeah, it's been a great experience ever since. I love it. I love being kind of back there, the, the last line of defense. And um, it's a lot of fun when you can bail your teammates out or make a big save to uh, save the game. So. Yeah, you get to play a team sport, but you're the only goalie, so you kind of get to be an individual uh, on a team, uh, and that's kind of cool too. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's really interesting. I think what you see most from a young age to you know my age now is the mental strength, and um, you got to learn how to. It's it is you against yourself in there a little bit, even though you got teammates in front of you. It's it's about when the puck goes in the net, forgetting about it or. Uh, just letting things roll off your back. Don't don't get too caught up in the antics of the game and stay composed. I, I watch guys like uh, Carey Price and um, Vasilevsky, and those guys always seem that nothing nothing phases them throughout the game. And uh, I think if you're a little bit uh, show no emo- not no emotion, but uh, if you're pretty even headed, I think um, it's good for your teammates. Nothing. Don't be too high and don't be too low and uh, let your teammates feed off that. So uh, that makes sense. Uh, Henry, what number do you wear? I wear number thirty-one after Carey Price. Yeah, he's a little mentor of mine. Watch a lot of YouTube videos on him. But um, I'd say if I if you're asking for a player comparison, I think uh, play a little bit more like Braden Holpe. Um, he's a really composed goalie, but he's pretty athletic too. He he'll do anything to make a save and. I think Price is like that too, but he, he kind of stays within his limits and, and hope he's not afraid to kind of go out on a limb and make a big save. So, Well, two pretty good goaltenders to uh, to look up to for sure. Uh, you don't usually hear a guy from Massachusetts uh, cheering for a Montreal Canadian, though. <laughs> I'm actually a Leafs fan, which is crazy. Uh, that is crazy. What the heck? 
I know. I, I, there's something about when I was a, probably age of 10, I, I saw, I don't know if it was, at least I've been in the playoffs that much. So it's kind of hard to say, but, um, it's just a hockey culture up there. It's pretty incredible. Like they adore the Leafs and, and it's like a religion up there. And I, I just, and same thing here in Massachusetts, I'd say like people, I mean, we just had game seven and I was in town and like, you can go 10 feet without seeing a Bruins logo, but I think there's something about the hockey culture in Toronto that's just, it's a different monster than it is down here. And I, and I always love that. And, uh, my dad went to university in New Hampshire and, uh, James Van Riemsdyk was on the team for a long time. And, uh, I looked up just one of my favorite players, big guy staying in front of the net, kind of Barry rebounds, got some skill too. So I loved watching him. And then uh, I was a big Jonathan Bernier fan when he was there, and I still am. I like to watch him. He's about my size, too, so he's uh, some, someone I can look at and, uh, you know, analyze what he does in the net. So mm-hmm. that was kind of my pull to the Leafs. But I, I do get a lot of flack for it down here in Boston. So uh, I've been dealing with that for a number of years. <laughs> Henry, uh, I know goalies, uh, a lot of goalies get to customize their mask and, and put something meaningful on, on there. Uh, anything like that for you with your mask? What's it look like? Pretty simple, actually. I, uh, I took the laces from the bottom of Carey Price's helmets. Uh, I always love that look. And, um, I got the two H's on the side for Hotchkiss. I actually opted for the blue cage, too. I, I feel like I couldn't see as the puck as well through the white cage. And there's something about the, I, I would think you'd think that the contrast from white to dark, uh, you know, black puck, white cage would, would be better, but it's actually, I, I found that the blue cage does the trick for me. So, um, I love the blue cage and then I have the school seal on the top, uh, on the back. I got a little horseshoe for good luck. I'm not a Colts fan. I do, I do <laughs> get a lot of questions about if I'm a Colts fan and there's no way I'm a pretty avid Pats fan. I love Tom Brady. I love watching that stuff. So, um, yeah, nothing too crazy on it. Nothing too inspirational. Pretty simple, but uh, it does the trick. I think it, it's got a little pop to it, but it's it's pretty low key. Henry Wilder, my guest on the Pipeline Show, he's a goaltender uh, playing in uh, at Hotchkiss, uh, but headed to Boston College. Now let's talk about that and uh, why Boston College was the right fit for you. I know Jerry York has been there since I was in diapers, <laughs> uh, so getting to play for a legendary coach like that. Uh, I'm sure there was an attraction with that, but why was uh, playing at BC the right fit for you? Uh, well, first of all, it's in Boston. It's close to home. I, I initially actually thought I wanted to go away from home. and uh, You know, I I looked at a bunch of schools, and um, this is some of them on my own time, just to see, like, size-wise, what it, what it would be like away from home. And I uh, ultimately came to the conclusion that, you know, close to home, there's nothing like playing in the bean pot. Uh and the coaching staff there, Mike Ayers, uh, Buckley's a great guy, and Coach York, and um, I, there's just it's a win-win situation for me, and um, it's such a good spot, great academics, um, have a history of one of the big things for me was looking at the schools, just who produces and who develops the goalies the best, and I think BC has a great track record of producing great goalies, and Mm-hmm. Obviously, you got a great goalie coming in this year, Spencer Knight, this fall. Um, so I, it was just a win-win situation in the end. And I love the campus, love the, the hockey culture, the school, and uh, close to home was was just a perk of it. And uh, it's actually like ten minutes away from my house, which is so lucky. So 
Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Earlier when you were talking about Olivier Rodrigue, uh, who he, playing in uh, Drummondville, and you knew you wouldn't get a whole lot of time because of of, of where he is and in his development and his age, you'd be behind Spencer Knight at, at Boston College too, likely. I think uh, that's, that's fair to yeah. suggest that at this point um, it would be year two for him. So is that a, a concern for you at all about uh, playing time once you got to Boston College? I have no concern. I, I know if I go right in there from prep school, I'm going to have to develop there for the first year anyway, and that will be Spencer's second year. And I I think uh, – I don't know how long he's going to stay there, but mm-hmm. if we're assuming two, then after my freshman year, I, I'll i be one of the guys there the sophomore year. I should be the guy. I mean, I, I can't go out on a limb and say that, but – um, I got to work hard, and obviously, I think everything's earned. Um, nothing's given, especially at a school like Boston College. They want to be good every year, so um, not not too worried about it. I know he's a great goalie, and uh, he's going to have a ton of success there this year. And for for however long after there he stays, he's going to going to have a ton of success. So uh, he's someone to learn from too. Once I'm there, and I'm really looking forward to it. So. NHL Central Scouting uh, ranking uh, has you at 14. That's where you were in the midterm ranking as well. And you, you uh, mentioned earlier you're a bit surprised by that. Uh, they list you at six foot and 165 pounds. Now I'm looking at uh, a website, Elite Prospects, and they've got you at six foot one and 181 pounds. So what are you actually at right now? Uh, definitely not 180. I, I'm probably 170 on the dot. Okay. Um, yeah, around six foot, six one. It, it kind of depends on the roster, roster height. It's, I'd say I'm right in that ballpark too. I don't, I don't know exactly. You know, you go to all these like camps or combines, and they and they give you different heights. So I, I don't even know what to believe anymore. But um, yeah, somewhere around there. And uh, yeah, it's central scouting. I it was a little bit of a surprise to me. Obviously, like I didn't play a ton my freshman year, and um, I think I. It was it was a big it was a little bit of a setback for me mentally just because I came from playing 80 games with the Junior Eagles my U14 year not I didn't play every single game but you know being a part of 80 games that you know playing some JV games only practicing varsity was, was a little bit of a reality check but I think it was probably the best thing that happened to me and at the end of the day because it taught me to work harder and um, earn if earn something if I wanted it and uh, yeah I, I just would have never thought about the central scouting but obviously uh, you know they like my game and uh, there's some teams out there that like my game too so I'm I'm lucky and I'm fortunate to you know have that perk. Now, did you get to go to the combine or no? I did not go to the combine. Okay. No. Now that doesn't mean that you uh, haven't had calls and and had chats with NHL teams. Have there been some? Some conversations along the way this year and, and since the, you know, right before the draft here? Yeah, there's been some conversations. I, I personally haven't talked to anybody, but my advisor has, um, right. talked with a couple of teams. So, uh, no interviews or anything like that, but the, the game plan for Saturday is just to, uh, you know, watch kind of, not super closely. I mean, I don't want to be glued to the TV because, you know, if it doesn't work out, then, uh, it's just, kind of waste my time sitting there the whole day but um you know watch closely and you know hope for the best but if it doesn't happen just keep working hard and uh, it's not that big of a deal it's not the end of the day there's a lot of hockey left in my in my time so um not super worried about it it's, it it would be great if it happened and if it doesn't happen it's kind of like a so what just keep keep working keep moving on and 
yeah, I'm excited for it. Well, that's the right attitude to have. Uh, listen, Henry, I really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, we've went a long time, way longer than uh, a lot of guys your age are comfortable talking. Uh, so that's obviously not something you're shy about. Uh, certainly wish you the best of luck. Whatever happens this coming weekend with the draft. And if you get drafted, great. If you don't, you got the right attitude moving forward for sure. And I'm sure once you get to Boston College, we'll, uh, we'll be chatting again. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Y- have you done a lot of interviews this year? I've done zero. Never done an interview. This is my first interview in my entire life, but I, I just, I, my parents always had me talking to adults as a kid, and I think expressing myself has never been something I've really had trouble with. So, yeah, it was, it was great. I love kind of talking about that stuff and uh, not reminiscing, but or yes, reminiscing in a sense. But looking back on what I've achieved and you know where I've come from, it's it's something cool to think about too. So. Well, that's great. I'm glad that uh, your first interview was uh, on the Pipeline Show. That's great. Thank you so much. This is awesome. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was awesome. Henry Wilder, his first ever uh, interview that he's ever done happens to be uh, here on the Pipeline Show. And that's uh, his first interview. And it's our last one of the 2019 Draft Spotlight uh, season as the NHL Draft goes tomorrow. Again, reminder, if you are in the Edmonton area or you want to tune into uh, the draft coverage for TSN 1260, you can do that, tsn1260.ca. Uh, myself, Andrew Peard, and uh, Alan Mitchell, also known as Low Tide, we will have your draft coverage starting at 7 o'clock uh, Edmonton time, and uh, we'll take you right through until, I believe it's at 10 p.m. We're scheduled to go to tomorrow night. Next week on the Pipeline Show, we will uh, obviously reflect on what happened at the NHL draft, and uh, we'll get into some of the uh, the offseason stuff that we like to talk about here on the show. And to be quite honest, don't really know exactly what those are going to be just yet, uh, but uh, some time to think of uh, between now and then. Uh, reminder, everybody that signed up to be a patron at patreon.com slash the pipeline show, if you find some value in what the pipeline show is all about and you appreciate all the interviews and stuff like that, and you uh, want to consider uh, supporting the show, just a couple of bucks a month is all it takes. You'll have early access uh, to all of these interviews. These interviews were done uh, Tuesday-ish. In fact, all three of them were done on Tuesday. So they've been available uh, to uh, patrons for three days already. Uh, if you want to be a patron, you can do that. Patreon.com slash The Pipeline Show. Really appreciate everyone who has uh, done that already and encourage you to uh, give it a look. See if it's a fit for you. And a... Uh, Update on the poll question. Uh, would, if you were an NHL GM, would you be comfortable using a first-round pick on a goaltender? Fitting, since all three guests today were goaltenders, although I don't expect any of them to be first-rounders. Uh, but again, the uh, the results of the poll, 62% say no. They would not take a goaltender in the first round. We'll see. We're about uh, 24 hours away or less, depending on when you're hearing this. Uh, of the 2019 NHL Draft, will Spencer Knight go in the first round? Could Mads Sogard also go in the first round? Only time will tell, and we don't have long to wait. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. Hope you'll join me throughout the summer and into next year as well. Until next week, my name is Keith Flaming. See ya!